All right, everyone, welcome to today's podcast. And today we're talking about how to enjoy your weight loss. Is that possible? I think so. And so we wanna set it up right from the beginning that that's the goal, right? Because again, the, the subconscious approach you have, the, the kind of you know presupposition you have about weight loss is that it sucks, right? It's miserable, it's depriving, it's horrible, right? And if that's how you think about it, because again, you think about that and you're okay thinking about that because you think of it as a short-term thing. Because I'm just gonna, I don't care. It's gonna suck, but I just wanna lose the weight and then I'm gonna lose the weight and everything's gonna be great. Well, it's not. If it sucks, it sucks. And you're never gonna keep anything up that sucks. <laughs> you know. So um, we wanna start right from the beginning is that how can I enjoy it? How can I enjoy losing weight? And so it all starts with that question. And in order to answer that question, you need to kind of take a step back, let go of what you think about weight loss, right? Um, in order to answer this, because you can absolutely enjoy weight loss, but you've got to start thinking in a new way. You can't do the same stuff you've been doing that's been miserable, that you've hated doing, that you don't want to do, that you get overwhelmed by, right? You can't enjoy it that way. So the question becomes, how can I enjoy losing weight? Because if you think about it, losing weight and becoming a healthy version of yourself, and not just losing weight, but losing it in a way that's enjoyable and that you're able to maintain forever, is probably the most pleasurable thing you can possibly do in your life. Is there anything better? <laughs> I mean, even winning a million bucks, I mean, I'll take the body and the health every time over anything, you know? And so we wanna set it up that way because so often what people have subconsciously is they think weight loss sucks because they think about dieting. You know, when they think about dieting, they think deprivation it sucks, it's hard, it's overwhelming, I get frustrated, you know? And so if you're thinking about that, that's the main way you think about losing weight, it's never gonna happen. You're never gonna do it. And even if you get a, some results, you'll never keep them up. So it's a reframing process. It's changing the way you think about this whole process um, so that you stop thinking about just losing weight and doing whatever you have to do to, to lose weight and start thinking about how can I enjoy the process? How can I make it fun right from the beginning? And I know you don't have those answers right now, you know, but you're also not asking that question. You don't even assume that that's even possible but I'm telling you it's because you never asked the question. So I will give you some tips about how to do it, but I want you to understand that this is a journey for you to go on because what makes weight loss enjoyable for me, how, to, how for me to enjoy the weight loss process will be a bit different than how you're going to enjoy the weight loss process because we're different people, okay? So it's the question first and you stick with that question. Day after day, you stick with that question until you have all the answers and solutions, you know? And I could tell you sitting here that I have all of them now. Right? I know how to enjoy not only losing weight, but I enjoy living at this weight. I love it. I love living this way, eating this way. It makes me happy inside and out, okay? So if you stick with this question and you stay persistent with it, you end up with strategies and solutions, not just the Band-Aid, not just the willpower, forcing yourself to eat better so you can lose some weight in ways that you hate doing, right? That's a short-term, I don't wanna say solution. I don't wanna say the word solution. It's a short-term Band-Aid to get you to lose some weight for a little while, and then as soon as you can't maintain that anymore, you put the weight right back on, you know? So it's time for you to stop doing that, okay? And start with the question, how can I enjoy losing weight? So how do you do that? I'll, I'll, get, I'll get you that answer. Um, I'll give you a couple answers and suggestions with it. The first way is that you extend your time frame and you have a little bit of patience with it. That's probably the most important piece because if you get out of, um, if you get out of the idea that you just have to lose weight quickly and you can slow down a little bit, now we can start to find simpler, more strategic, manageable ways that will help you lose weight long-term, 
okay? So that's always the first thing is we want to extend that time frame and realize that you don't just want to lose weight. You want to get to your goal weight and live there for the rest of your life on near autopilot. That's the real goal is weight mastery. So you never have to deal with this again. You can just do this one time, come up with the strategies and solutions that work for you and know that they're going to serve you for the rest of your life, right? So right off the bat, that's the way we articulate the goal so that you know that you're working at something that's going to be a forever solution, all right? And next thing you do is you take into account who you are. You know, so often with, when it comes to weight loss, we, we're given this diet plan and the diet plan is just eat this way. You know, it has nothing to do with you, right? You're, you're taking diet plans from people that don't know you. You don't know them. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, just eat keto. Just do intermittent fasting. Just eat Mediterranean food. Just eat whatever the, the plan is, it's supposed to be you just following it. Well, maybe you like eating that food. Maybe you don't. Maybe it works for your lifestyle. Maybe it doesn't, okay? So I want you to start thinking, I'm going to create a, a way of eating, a way of living that is customized to me. It's built around my preferences, my likes, my lifestyle, everything that makes me unique as a person. And so that's the starting point from this. And then the, the next step with the longer term time frame is it's an accumulation of strategies and solutions that you start stacking up one after the other until eventually you've created a different way of thinking, feeling, and living and eating. You know, And that's when your body changes and it transforms into the body that you want is when you have all those solutions. So how do you enjoy weight loss? Again, you make the process enjoyable. And so the first thing we want to do is we don't want to overwhelm ourselves. You know, I can tell you that the, the quickest way to make any process unenjoyable is to try and do everything all at once. You know, um, again, I use the metaphor of playing the piano. If you want to learn to play the piano, if you say, okay, I'm going to play the piano, I'm going to start practicing eight hours a day, that's going to be a very unenjoyable way to do it. Right? It's very tiring and overwhelming. It makes, it's going to make you hate the piano. You see, and that's what you're doing with the dieting is you're trying to do way too much too quick and you end up hating dieting, hating losing weight, okay? So we slow it down and we say, okay, I'm not in a rush here. I'm not here for a short time. I'm here for a long time. Let's take this step by step. Everything I want to do, I want it to be built for the long-term success. And now it starts to become a process of self-discovery, a journey of personal development, you know, where you're not only doing things that help you lose weight, but you're doing things that make you feel better. And that's one of the key things so that you don't change everything on a Monday. Instead, you start working on your worst habit, um, reducing it, you know, making it better, and you add some healthy habit into your life. You drink some more water, you go for some walks, you go to bed a little bit earlier, right? Simple things that make you feel better. You wake up, oh, I feel nice. That's how you enjoy it, you see? You do the small things that make you feel better and that are manageable. So there's, um, I can't say this guy's name, it's a million letters and it starts with C, but he wrote the book Flow. And so the idea of flow, he found, is that when we, we kind of get to our, our limit and we push ourselves just a little bit more, that's the sweet spot. So with diets, we get to our limit, and then we push and we go way past it, right? So when it comes to weight loss, what we want to do is get right to the limit of where we're at, start where we're at, and just go a little bit further. That's the sweet spot. That's how we get in flow in life with all sorts of things. And same with weight loss. So we make small little changes where we go to bed and we say, oh, look at me, good job. And we go to bed knowing I can do that again tomorrow. I could do that again tomorrow. That wasn't that bad. And I feel kind of proud of myself and I feel a little bit better. You know, that's what we're talking about. So if you start orienting yourself to short-term pleasure, not a food, because right? the only instant gratification is not food. There's instant gratification in making healthy choices of eating an apple, of going for a walk, of drinking some water. There's short-term instant gratification of doing those things. And as you start to orient yourself to those things, the process starts to be enjoyable. It starts to feel good. 
And so, you know, maybe today you take a walk around the block because it's easy. Yeah, you're not burning a bunch of calories, but you're getting outside, you're taking a walk, you're starting to do something that's manageable and feels good. And then maybe you get back and you drink a glass of water, you know? And so it's small incremental improvements that make you feel better. And then most importantly, you know in the back of your mind are sustainable. And so it starts to feel like a process that's built for the long term instead of this, this endurance test, which is dieting, where it feels stressful from the first day to the last, you know? And so we wanna let that go and start focusing on how can I enjoy this process? Please ask this question. I know you don't have the answers yet, but it's because you never asked the question. Make that question the cornerstone of your entire process, and you're gonna start to generate new solutions that really are built for you and that help you make this process enjoyable. Because I promise you it can be. It really is one of the most enjoyable things you can do. You start looking better, feeling better, you're happy with yourself, your body starts improving so your moods are better, you have more energy, you sleep better. I mean, everything gets better. And we lose this because the dieting blocks our, our vision of that, right? Because the dieting's this big, intense thing we don't even wanna do, you see? So when we take the time to like really just take a step back and calm down and relax, and say, you know what? I'm gonna master my weight this time. I'm gonna do it so that it's enjoyable. If it's not enjoyable, I'm not gonna do it. I, I challenge you to, to make that, that's the question and that's the, that's the criteria. What I'm gonna do has to be enjoyable. And listen, sometimes challenging things, things that are, are slightly difficult are enjoyable, right? If we think we're getting better and we're doing stuff that is just a little bit above our level, that feels good, that's that flow state. And so we can do challenging things that are just a little challenging and making us better and, and they feel fun, it's fun to do. Working on a puzzle is challenging, right? It's difficult, you're finding that piece, looking for it, it's frustrating, but you know you wanna get it and when you put it in, it feels good. That's what this process can be for you, okay? Make it that, that's what you want the process to be. And it is a completely different path and it brings you a completely different place um, than the diets do, all right? So that's your challenge, is start asking this question and, uh, Look for those answers that come, and I think you're going to realize that it's a much more enjoyable process. Um, yeah, so if anyone has any questions about weight loss, feel free to ask it. I just wanted to get through that part there. Um, some said my parents made me eat. I'm so annoyed. Um, yep, I'm not going to answer that one. I'm eating and feeling full, but I continue to eat. Oh, okay, Amy. Um, yeah, so I'm eating and feeling full, but I continue to eat. All right, so that one there, so... so I'm going to talk a little bit shop here because Amy's actually my program. Um, in that that situation, what you want to do, that's the perfect situation to use the redo technique on, okay? So that you go back into that situation and you replay it as the person you want to be. So you learn from your mistake. It's okay that you did that, okay? It's the fact that you realize it now, and now we go back and say, how do I want to eat? Okay, so you didn't eat the way you wanted to, but we want to go back and say, how do I want to eat? This is the biggest difference, folks. Listen to this, okay? Because what you're trapped in with your weight loss, and, and we all get trapped in this because we all have a negativity bias, A, and our brain, the main organizing principle is that it wants to conserve energy. And so it's easy for us to recognize the mistakes and problems we have in our life and say, I don't want to overeat. I don't want to be full and keep eating, okay? So we say that, and we stay fixated on that. And then we get in the situation, why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep getting full and then keep eating? Why do I keep eating when I'm not hungry? What's wrong with me? Why do I do this? And we get so wrapped up in asking those types of questions. What you don't realize though, is that that question is a problem-oriented question. It's all built around the problem. You overate when you, were, when you weren't hungry, right? And so we just keep revolving around that question in all different ways. But what's happening is, in your mind, you're still imagining yourself overeating. You're still imagining yourself being the person who's eating when you're not hungry. 
okay? So it's really important that you shift out of that problem-oriented mode into solution-oriented mode. How do I wanna eat? How can I stop myself eating when I've had enough? How can I be in front of food and just feel completely at ease, comfortable, and just leave it alone? Okay, these are the questions you wanna be asking. Read a rehearsal, all right? Watch that training right now when we get done here and do that with that whole process there, okay? So again, it's not a big deal that you, you ate after you were full. It's really not, as long as you utilize it and learn from it, okay? Because that's probably something you consistently do. And so what you wanna do is you wanna start training yourself, programming yourself, practicing to be the person who eats enough and then stops, but it's a practice, okay? And so we're gonna make mistakes, which is fine. We wanna learn from them though, okay? So, so it's, it's okay that you did that, but now redo it in your mind. And if you don't know the redo technique, go through that training, it's, it's 10 minutes. And I'm actually redoing that technique. So I'll have that, um, I'm recording it tomorrow. So it should be up tomorrow and it'll be in the members area where we'll replace the one that's there. And then I'm gonna start sending you messages, um, like reminders that you get in the morning. You're gonna start getting those in the night too to do the redo and rehearsal technique. Cause it's exactly for that um, experience that you just described. It, it's no problem that you did that. Again, I don't want you to beat yourself up. I don't wanna feel bad about it. We just wanna use it and learn from it, okay? Um, thank you, you're welcome. Hypnosis for weight loss. Um, yeah, you're, you're welcome, Amy. Uh, and, and by the way, and, and then get on the calls because I'll, I'll walk you through doing that because the redo rehearsal technique are really seems so simple, but there's actually a, they're, they're so simple, but then there, there's some little subtleties that I know I'll help you do better with it. Um, so hypnosis, hypnosis for weight loss. And I'm not sure what that, that person's asking exactly what you mean there, but um, hypnosis for weight loss. Let me explain what I mean by hypnosis for weight loss because it's not the typical description, I don't think. Um, I don't believe that you could just listen to like a hypnosis session and become a thin person. Uh, I think there's, it's, it's a lot, it's a process. I think you need a comprehensive strategic approach to becoming a thin person because there's so many different aspects to it. So I don't think just listening to hypnosis is gonna just make you thin. You know, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, I do believe it's a powerful supplement. Now I'm talking about just traditional hypnosis, me making a hypnosis session or me hypnotizing someone. I think it's, it's, it's got its own effect and it's very powerful. But I don't think it's enough. So in my program, what I do is I teach people how to, I say hypnosis, but understand, hypnosis is not the state of going into a trance. It's the process of programming and influencing your subconscious mind. And you wanna do that because your mind, you have two minds. You have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The conscious part of your mind is the logical, rational part of your brain that knows you should lose weight, wants you to lose weight, knows what you should do, and tries to get you to do it. The subconscious part of your mind is the part of you that runs all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And so typically what you're doing on a diet is you're using your conscious mind to fight against and repress your subconscious programming, right? So the classic example is like, you know, it's eight o'clock at night, you usually sit on the sofa and eat chips. And so you're on a diet now though, but eight o'clock comes and you still want those chips, right? And so what you do is you try to use your willpower to fight against that craving and that urge and that programming. Right. And so in the program itself, then program, what we do is we use self-hypnotic programming to program our subconscious mind to change that behavior so that we want to do something different at eight o'clock at night. OK. And so it's a process, though. I want to make that clear. And so ultimately, you know, I think of hypnosis as the, the process of influencing your subconscious mind so that it does the things you want it to do. Because right now, what most people are trying to do with diets is, again, you're consciously trying to fight and repress your subconscious mind. And it ain't gonna work because anatomically, your, your willpower is your prefrontal cortex, which is anatomically about 10% of your brain. Your subconscious mind's 90% of your brain. So that battle, you're gonna lose every time and you have lost it, right? So it's like you're able to use your willpower for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and then you go back to doing what you always did, 
you know, that's because you're built, you're, we're all built to be on autopilot. We're not built to be like micromanaging, making like logical decisions every second of the day. They estimate we make 212 food decisions a day. So it's like you, you're already overwhelmed. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're going to add what, 200 decisions on top of that? Like, that's why you get overwhelmed when you diet. That is one of the reasons, you know, it's too much, you know, for you to change like all you're eating all at once. It's just stupid. So what we do with the program is we pick your worst eating habit, right? And so, so Amy, it might be, it might be eating when you're satisfied. It might be overeating at meals, you know, that becomes one habit that we want to, you know, what, what sometimes people do is they'll say, oh, every night I'm, I'm snacking every night, every night I'm snacking on something different. Well, we want to chunk that down to one habit. You know, you might snack on different things each night, but it's one habit pattern of snacking at night that makes it more manageable, you know? And so it's not like, it might be like overeating, you know, at lunch and dinners, you know, but we want to chunk that down. To, okay. At meals, I'm, I'm overeating. You might make that to lunch and dinner, you know, but we want to chunk it down to one behavioral pattern. And then you go to work on that. And most people are two to three habits away from being at their goal weight or being very close to it. If you got rid of your worst two or three eating habits that are showing up daily or weekly, where would your weight be at in a year from now? You see, you're overwhelming yourself with the diets because you're trying to change everything all at once. It's so stupid. I, I, I don't even know how else to put it. You know, you couldn't tell me, um, <laughs> you couldn't tell me that dieting makes any sense. I just, I was just did a video on this, you know, that, um, they did a study, they studied, uh, they, they analyzed 31 long-term, um, studies on dieting. And what they found is that dieting is a better way to gain weight than to lose weight, right? Literally dieting is one of the best predictors of long-term weight gain. So you tell me about your diet. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's just, uh, if you think you're going to diet and lose weight, you're crazy. Is what, what is what the, what the facts say. And what's your, what's your experience tell you? I mean, how many times you tried dieting to lose weight? How many people have you seen in your life try and diet and lose weight? How many times, like when someone tells you they're going to diet, do you think they're going to lose weight? Do you ever believe them? <laughs> do you believe yourself? You know? So at some point you got to snap out of the diet trance that you're in. You know, so, so like the way you lose, you, you master your weight with hypnosis, it's not like going into a trance and just like being hypnotized. It's recognizing the process of hypnosis and being able to do it on yourself intentionally and being able to recognize the hypnosis that's coming at you because you've got hypnosis coming at you 24 hours a day. Every single commercial you see is hypnosis. It's all a hypnosis session. You've seen millions of diet ads in your life. It's all hypnosis influencing the way you think about weight loss. Most people can't even separate weight loss from dieting at this point. That's why you're, you're fucked. Like, there's no way. You're just not going to do it. I mean, I don't know how many more times you can try a diet. You just think there's going to be some magical diet coming your way. Um, and what's the new thing? It's Ozempic. It, yeah, have fun with that. Come see me in five years where Ozempic. I bet Ozempic will probably be taken off the market for causing tumors or cancers and shit, you know? But regardless, even if it doesn't, you know, the way it works is it makes you sick. It makes you nauseous all day long. <laughs> That's how it reduces the food noise. So it's like people are just so, you're so conditioned to look for the short-term quick fix of losing weight that you never really commit to mastering this area of your life. And it's the most important area of your life because it's dictating how long you're going to live. It's got a huge impact on how you're gonna, long you're going to live most likely, you know, barring some crazy accident or disease. And, um, and it's affecting, it's probably the number one thing affecting the quality of your life. Literally the quality of your life, the day-to-day -day quality of your life. Your weight's the number one thing affecting the quality of your life, the quality of your relationships, the quality of your work, 
not because of how you look, by the way, because I know you're, you're so conditioned to think about your weight in terms of how you look. I'm talking about what's going on on the inside, right? I'm talking about like, how do you get overweight? Well, you usually are eating too many calories and eating the wrong calories, you know? And so I always say this point because it's, it's just, it gets lost on us. I make the point that we're at a weird place in history right now where the closest thing that can explain it is cigarettes. And if you went a hundred years back in time and you told someone who was smoking that cigarettes were bad for them, they'd be like, Hey, you know, like, I think that, um, cigarettes are bad for you. You might want to watch out. They'd be like, what are you talking about? Cause we didn't associate cigarettes with being bad for you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like they wasn't associated with lung cancer. You're, you're inhaling smoke in your lungs, but people are just like, no, oh, they're fine. This is a healthy cigarette, you know? And so all that conditioning got us to think about cigarettes crazy. We're the same thing with the food. If you think about the foods we eat now, right? What's the big, the big food disease is diabetes, right? And so the thing is that like a lot of the foods we're eating are spiking our blood sugar, right? Like if you're eating flour or sugar, especially, it's going to spike your blood sugar. And if you put this in context, oh, thanks for the rose. If, um, if you put this in context, if I dropped you off in the woods and I said, I'll give you a million bucks if you can spike your blood sugar, you ain't spiking your blood sugar. How are you going to spike your blood sugar in nature? What are you going to do short of stumbling upon a beehive? You know, <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, you can't even do it. And here we are in the modern world, spiking our blood sugar four, five, six, seven, eight times every day, every single day, every week, every month of our lives, right? That's the problem. You know, so again, but we're blind to it because we're just conditioned to not think about it that way. You know, we're conditioned to just accept all of this shit, you know? So, um, I don't know. You know, I get out here, I, I do this stuff for free because again, for me, this is life or death. You know, my father died of a heart attack at 54. And, um, so for me, this is the, it, this isn't just about looking better. You know, it's about living longer. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. So any questions? Uh, I don't know. Just keep talking. Oh, but if anyone has any questions, uh, I'll answer them. Take Unicity Balance. I don't know what that is. What's Unicity Balance? Maple Tree. Come on, be creative. I don't know what that means either. I never know when people are uh, trying to make me say funny words. So I always try and read that now. What's Unicity? I'm gonna look that up. Unicity Balance. That's some new. I like to learn new stuff. Unicity Balance. Revolutionary. Okay. Revolutionary revolutionary product that uses a patented fiber matrix. All right. To balance it out. All right. Yeah, listen. I, I'm not a big fan of supplements, and I would rather... Oh, look at that. 60 packets of Unicity, $110 on eBay. Okay. Um, I'd rather spend that money on bananas and apples. <laughs> but, uh, hey... Uh. Maple tree. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I said no sugar in the woods. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? A maple tree in the woods. You're right. But um, I don't know. Like, because, you know, even that, right? Like sugar. Shit, I could drop you off in a sugar patch, you know? And even sugar cane is not processed sugar, you know? That's part of the whole process. We, we concentrate things down to such a concentrated form, right? And uh, it's like, because, you know, people are chewing on coca leaves for, for centuries, right? They become coke addicts because it's way more diluted. Right. And so the problem becomes when we take the coca leaves and, and concentrate it down to a powder. Right. Well, what are we doing with sugar and flour? We concentrate it down to a powder. And it's the powder that's a big part of the problem because you can chew on the coca leaves and it's just a slower absorption, you know. And so the problem with the foods now is they process them in a way um, 
where, again, what makes something addictive is how fast between the time we take it to the time we get the impact of it. This is why with cigarettes, they put ammonia in cigarettes so it helps you absorb the tobacco and nicotine. It absorbs the nicotine quicker into your bloodstream. You know, so it's all about um, how fast that can happen. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, it's that way. Um, <laughs> can't afford to be thin. Yeah, that's funny, right? It's funny, you know what I, it's, can't afford to be thin. It's funny you say that because I literally, I just made a video um, What's it costing you to be overweight? What are you spending to be overweight? You know, I don't eat, like, I don't really eat processed food, but I have kids. And so, I, you know, I, I let them eat some shit, you know, because I don't think, like, raising them, like, really, really clean, like, like part of me wants to do that, but part of me wants to, like, I'd rather have them be able to manage it. So I don't want to like, exclude all that stuff. So that's the decision I've made. But, you know, I remember I used to eat all that shit. And it's, so it's like, it's been, it's been decades, but with inflation, I mean, Jesus. I mean, when I was growing up a candy bar, cause I used to just, every day after school, I would get like a bag of chips, a candy bar and a soda. And it would be like $4 total, you know, three something total. And, um, now I look and it's like, Oh my goodness. A candy bar is like a dollar fifty, two dollars The bag of chips is like two fifty. The soda is like $2. It's like, what are you spending to be overweight? Like it's a lot more now. Like it used to be kind of like cheap, that stuff, but now it's like all, all cranking up. So don't tell me, oh, you'll give me that organic shit either. You know what I mean? Cause I buy organic stuff and I make, I make four salads a week. I, I could make it five, but I kind of concentrate, I take a break on Friday. So I eat four big ass salads every week with, you know, like seven to eight vegetables and greens in it. And, um, I'm spending on average about $25 a week on that, you know? So I don't hear that shit about organic food being too expensive. You know what I mean? I love your content, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, sugar <laughs> the new devil, devil's dandruff right it's true though you know like the sugar it lights up your the same pleasure centers that cocaine does you know so sugar is the closest thing to food wise to cocaine you know it's literally literally addictive you know you, i hope we all know that um and it's super harmful you know anytime you spike your glucose levels like elevated glucose levels in your blood is inflammatory and toxic you know, and so that's why your body has to release lots of insulin to clear out the glucose and your body's not even good at releasing insulin to clear out that much glucose because your body evolutionally, we've never had to deal with the glucose spikes like we deal with now. Never, <laughs> you know, and uh, so what happens is, you know, you eat some white bread and you spike your glucose levels and then your body's, oh shit, it's a danger level. Let's release the insulin. It over releases insulin, which is also inflammatory and toxic. And then it crashes the glucose levels. And guess what? Now you're fucking hungry all over again. Time to eat. Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired and hungry. I got to eat something. And so then we start eating. We spike the glucose levels and then crash them. And it's a spike crash all day long. And, uh, you know, it's it's just like I always imagine metaphorically. It's like it's like every time you eat like shit like that and spike in your glucose levels, especially like flour and sugar, especially. It's just like I always imagine like a boxer just like doing body work on me, just, just punching me in the body. <laughs> You know, and it's just beating up your body. And it's like, no wonder you're tired all the time. You know what I mean? Like systemically, you are just beating the shit out of your body, you know? So never mind the weight loss. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying, you're just, you're, you're hung over all the time from the food you're eating. You don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. You know, that's the big problem. Um, so anyways, as soon as it hits your tongue, Sabbath true. Yep. Yep. Um, amino Zempic and Erwan. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Can't afford to be thin with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what, though? I mean, that was Zempic thing. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ. How many times can we go through this, folks? You know what I mean? <laughs> when did Fenfen come out? What was that? 30 years ago? 40 years ago? Oh, Zempic is for type 2 diabetics. It's for people whose bodies don't produce insulin anymore because 
their insulin, um, you know, cells are just tapped out. You know, they, they got no more insulin. They can't produce any more insulin because they've had a lifetime of just having to produce so much insulin. Right. So the body's not producing insulin. So Zempic helps the body produce more insulin. So, again, it's not even a solution because these fucking people are still spiking their blood sugar. And that's why they need more insulin. So it's just another Band-Aid. And so people that don't even have type 2 diabetes want to take Ozempic. Why? Oh, it helps me lose weight. How does it help you lose weight? Because it makes you feel nauseous. So you don't want to eat. And I always say, like, like Ozempic, go look at it. Because this is one of the first medicines I've seen where it's like there's the big headline. But all the bullshit it may do for you, it may help you lose weight we, you know, as long as you eat better and, and exercise. And then the, like right there, the big-ass sub-headline is like, uh, may cause thyroid tumors. So, you know what? I, I mean, <sighs> you know, people going to do what people going to do. But it's like, you know, if you stay on this path of looking for the diet, you know what I mean? The fucking Ozempics, uh, the surgeries, you know. I was just reading the whole thing. I, I know this anyways. I've had all these conversations. But, you know, go look up threads in forums about people who have gotten weight loss surgery. And it's like a 70% thing. Like, it's the worst thing I ever did. You know what I mean? Like, like it's we just minimize all the shit. You're so desperate that you just want this fix, you know? You got to change your mindset, you know, one way or the other. What do you eat for breakfast and dinner? Okay, so I follow a 5-2 plan. So Monday through Friday afternoon, it's all about eating clean. I want to eat as clean as possible. And so I eat very similar things. So Monday through Friday breakfast, I'll usually like Ezekiel toast, um, natural peanut butter, apple with some peanut butter. That's usually my breakfast. Um, lunch, I will usually eat a salad. You can go go to my channel. I, I show you how I make the salad so you can see what it is. Um, but it's a salad that's got seven, eight different ingredients in it. A lot of nutrient density, a lot of nutrient variety. You know, So that's typically what I eat. Um, and then dinner is Monday through through Thursday night, Sunday through Thursday night, it's a cleaner dinner, you know, and so what will it be? I don't know. It'll be brown rice and, I don't know, chickpeas and some sort of sauce. Uh, I don't know, black bean soup, taco salads. Uh, I don't know, just different stuff like that. You know, I, I eat as clean as possible and I eat not a lot, you know, for dinner Monday through Friday. And then on the two days of the weekend, I eat more for pleasure. I don't go crazy. This is a whole huge part of the process because you all are, are also all or nothing with your eating, right? So you're either 100% perfect or you're fucking, I don't, I don't want to think about it. And so that's the problem, right? So you got to learn how to be off track a little bit and not go crazy. You know, in the program we call it minimizing the damage. So practicing that is a huge part of mastering your weight. Um, so every weekend I'm practicing minimizing the damage. I don't eat really just for clean eating. I eat to enjoy myself, but I do that in a moderated way. I'm not going nuts because I don't like going nuts. It feels shitty, you know, which is a whole nother story. But, and then every Monday I practice getting back on track, getting back on track quickly is the number one skill you need to master in order to master your weight, getting back on track quickly. Cause you're never going to be perfect. You know, that's that diet mindset. You think you're going to start Monday, be perfect all the way to your goal weight. That's, that's 100% not true. And you should stop thinking that way because it's fucking you up more than anything else. Anything else. That's the number one thing that's messing you up. So you have no idea how to be all or something, you know, so that you can be all sometimes great. But then when you're not all, which is most of the time, you'll be something still still in the game, you know. But you're all or nothing. And your nothings are for months at a time and your all is for days at a time. And that's why you're struggling to lose weight. Um, wow, that explains a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm insulin resistant. How to reverse it? Not to eat carbs or sweets. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you're insulin resistant, right? Now, I, I don't know what you even know about insulin resistant because I have found it fascinating 
um, that, and I'm not a doctor, you know what I mean? I'm not a dietitian or nutritionist, but I find it interesting that where type two diabetes is, it's, it's crazy that, that <laughs> that's, I wish I could show you the, the map. Um, you should take a look uh, I got to put this up somewhere. I talk about this all the time, but you should look at the map of like the obesity numbers and the type two by type two diabetes numbers in America. And the increase in it is absolutely like gobsmack. I mean, it's nuts. And it's fascinating because a lot of people don't even know how type two diabetes is working. What's going on? What is it? You know, a lot of people don't really understand the nuts and bolts of it. And so um, if you're insulin resistant or pre-diabetic, how you reverse it is what, what's going on with insulin resistance is, again, you're spiking your blood sugar. And then every time you spike your blood sugar, right, and you, in the main ways you're spiking your blood sugar is sh flour, um, sugar, processed foods. I'm just I'm throwing I'm making that a big category. It depends on what the food is, but let's just throw it in as a category. These are three big ways to spike your blood sugar. So you consume these and they're they're powders. And so the powders are absorbed in your body really fast. And so that spikes your blood sugar, which is glucose. Okay. And so the, the glucose goes up. Your blood has more higher glucose levels, and now that's dangerous. So your pancreas has to release insulin. And the insulin, think of it like it's like a key that unlocks the cell and it pushes the glucose into the cell and then locks it in there and it clears it out of the blood. And so what happens is if you keep spiking your glucose and then you keep releasing all this insulin is that you have to keep releasing insulin. And what happens is the cells, the cells start to get resistant to it. You know, after a while, the key's been used so many times that it starts getting stripped. Think of it that way. And now it can't open the cells and push the, the glucose in there. And so now what happens is the glucose levels stay high in your body because your body can't produce as much insulin anymore. Okay. And the cells are resistant to it. So the best way to deal with this is it, it's not carbs. Okay. I want to make this clear because I fucking hate, it makes me insane about the keto thing. Yes, I agree. Refined carbs, flours. Um, are a big problem. Baked goods are the number one source of calories in, for American adults, okay? So we want to make a distinction though because listen, if you're on a weight loss plan and the plan is to not eat fucking vegetables and fruit, then you've got to take a step back and reevaluate what you're doing, okay? <laughs> Please? <laughs> oh my God, it makes me nuts. So um, carbs, refined carbs, let's be specific with it. Okay, because vegetables are carbs. And so when it was, oh, I don't want any carbs at all. I want to go into ketosis. I want to follow the diet that was made for epileptics that no society in the world has followed. Uh, yeah, do what you want. You know what I mean? Will you lose some weight for a little while? Maybe, you know, but will you lose weight long term? Hmm, I don't know. We'll see. So how do you reverse it? Um, I wouldn't think about it as reversing it as slowing down the process here, right? So the, the best way to... to slow that down is to stop spiking your glucose levels, right? So instead of spiking the glucose levels all the time, you eat foods that have a slower, in how, what foods? Natural foods, greens, beans, fruits, vegetables, legumes, natural foods, whole foods, because these foods have fiber in them. The calories are binded to the fiber. And so what happens is because the calories are binded to the fiber, it's a slower release of glucose. So you're not getting these dramatic spikes. You're getting these increases that are steady increases. That's what your body's meant to do. And so you don't need these giant bursts of insulin either. Okay. And so that's a much better way to go about it. So start eating more natural foods and you don't get these spikes of glucose. Right. And so then all of a sudden you don't need as much insulin. So, so that's the best way. And so depending on where you're at in the process, um, yeah, you may be able to reverse it. Okay. But at the very least, this helps you manage it as well. All right. Um, no sugar really helps it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cutting the sugar down. 
you know? Now, again, you know, I like to say, obviously, you know, this is another problem with the diets is it's all like the whole diet thing is it's all, all or nothing. And it's always just telling you what to do, you know? And that's one of the big problems of diets is that every diet out there. And I, I think this is almost 100%. The diets are just telling you what to do, you know, and whatever. It's always a different philosophy. Don't eat carbs. Don't eat for 16 hours a day. Just eat Mediterranean food. Just eat cabbage, whatever. You know what I mean? But they're telling you what to do. And the problem isn't that you don't know what to do. The problem is you can't get yourself to do it consistently. That's your main problem. Let me put it another way. Your main weight loss problem is, is a mindset problem. The, the biggest thing affecting your weight is your mindset, bigger than your genetics, your hormones, your type 2 diabetes, your insulin resistance, your menopause, your metabolic disorders. Your mindset's more important than any of those things. Okay. And none of the diets are showing you how to handle this. And that's why I step in. Again, I've been doing this for 20 years professionally. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I've had to create a lot of the strategies and, and approaches because it's just not out there. You know, who, who are you learning this shit from? Who's helping you change your mindset? Who's helping you to master your weight once and for all? No one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So anyways, um, what about medication like metformin? Um, again, I, I mean, listen, I'm not against medication. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here telling you this. I take statins for cholesterol, okay? I have genetic cholesterol, elevated cholesterol, and it's genetic, okay? <laughs> Because um, again, I believe medicine is a, is a solution of last resort, you know? So I had elevated cholesterol and I'm practically a vegan, by the way, okay? So it's like, I found that out and I was like, holy shit. And so I, I like cut eggs out. I was really, really, really clean with my diet for a while. And I, I took years of really cleaning up my diet, like really clean. And um, it just didn't budge the cholesterol. So at that point I said, you know what? I'm going to take the, the, um, the statin, you know? So again, I'm, I'm coming at you saying this, not as someone who doesn't believe in medicine. But I do believe in medicine as a last resort. And um, I think a lot of people with their medical issues of, of insulin resistance, especially, is in menopause, in metabolic disorders, is how much of it's your lifestyle and eating and how much of it's uh, the disease, you know, the situation, you know? I, I know now for me, it's, it's genetic. It's 100% genetic. <laughs> I literally wiped out all cholesterol things. Now I've since found out that if I start doing more resistance training, that might help. So I've started adding that and I'll see where it goes because I don't want to take medicine. But again, you know, listen, these medicines are intense. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, like they're, if, if it's possible, don't do the medicine. And plus the medicine is, most of the time the medicine is a, listen, we've got a medical system that's built around treating the symptoms, not finding the cure. That's just how it is, Okay. And so this, I think this is why a lot of people don't really understand what even diabetes. I think they don't really understand the context of what's going on with diabetes. And I think, I, I just think it's, I don't want to sound like conspiracy crazy here, but I just think that there's a lot of money made off of you being overweight, unhealthy, and unhappy. And I think that, uh, yeah, I don't know, would it, would it help with that? Maybe, but where's your eating at? Where's your lifestyle at? Because it's just a Band-Aid, you know? Yeah, maybe it'll help with the insulin, but then there's all other systemic problems you're getting from eating this bullshit. You know, I'm telling you at some point, at some point in our lifetimes, they're going to come out with the food just the same way they have the cigarettes. Listen, imagine it's 1950s with the cigarettes. No one's thinking cigarettes are causing cancer, lung cancer. No one's thinking that. Okay. And it wasn't until the 60s, 70s when the studies finally start coming out, they couldn't hold them back any longer. There's like, oh, okay. And then they start doing a lot of public education and then start taxing it and removing, do a lot of stuff with it. But now we think of cigarettes as being very dangerous. And now I just read this today that it's the lowest rate of smoking um, ever, okay, since, since cigarettes came on the scene. 
It's the same thing's going to happen with food. At some point in your lifetime, they're going to say, oh shit, processed food, flour, sugar is really fucking dangerous. And you're going to remember this. You're going to be, hey, you know what? I remember Jim was saying that 40 years ago. I wish I listened to him because now I'm fucked. And so I say this to you now so that you can start making the, the choices and the decisions to, this is life or death, man. <laughs> okay, let me put it in real clear context. There's the Framingham Heart Study. If you don't know about it, you should look it up. It's one of the longest studies on the effects of, of weight, um, diet, lifestyle, on heart disease. And so what they found is that women that are overweight lose an average of 3.1 years of their lives. Women that are obese lost an average of 7.3 years, I believe, of their lives. Okay, so what we're talking about is not just wearing a bathing suit to the beach. We're talking about your literal lifespan, how long you're going to be on this planet for is directly related to how you're eating and how you're living. Okay, so you're not thinking of it that way typically, right? I've said this to people like, oh, that's the worst years. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? You're not going to be thinking that when you're in those last years, you know, short of having some, you know, disease, if you're relatively, you know, with it, you're not going to want to lose those three years, seven years. I promise you, you know, so I don't know. You got to, again, I, I say this to you because we're conditioned. There's so much money made off of selling you shitty food. Again, the, the obesity conspiracy is three main players, the food industry, the diets, which are the food industry, all the big diets, you know, of are owned by big food companies, Weight Watchers owned by Heinz, Jenny Craig's owned by Nestle. The company that owns Atkin Food Products, the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. The company that owns Slim Fast, the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. <laughs> These companies don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories with a diet because they know it doesn't fucking work and makes you eat more food ultimately. Um, so it's the food companies, the diets, and the medical establishment because they make all their money off of treating the symptoms. So you really have to step outside of the normal way of thinking to really see things as they are. You're conditioned to minimize the effects of the food on your life. Okay. And so it is literally, it's like food cigarettes, a lot of these foods. And that's how you should think of them. And a lot of the food companies are literally the fucking cigarette companies. Look it up. RJ Reynolds, they knew they saw the writing on the wall with the studies coming out and the awareness that cigarettes cause lung cancer. And what, the, what do you think they did? They divested from cigarettes and guess what they went into? Food. They bought a huge stake in craft. Okay. So they brought their same bullshit, you know, product development and marketing and all the rest of it. So it's literally food cigarettes. Anyways, that's how you should think about it. Um, uh, my mindset is impossible the week before my period. Help. Yeah, I get that. Um, for women, that's a, that's a challenge for sure. Um, but it's not impossible. It's just something that you have to work on. Okay. And so um, it's good that you recognize that and now it becomes a work of being solution-oriented and finding solutions that work for you in that situation. Do you think weights help lose weight? Um, I do think weights help lose weight, but the main thing that's gonna help you lose weight is changing your eating, okay? I, I'm always worried about people that start with the workout first because if you don't work out and all of a sudden you start lifting weights or working out a lot, yeah, you burn some calories, but you're also gonna be hungrier. And there's a thing called the licensing effect. And when you do something well, you kind of overestimate how many calories you thought you burned and you underestimate how many calories you're going to eat because you thought you burned more and it, it becomes a whole thing. So, um, yeah, I do think help, help. I do think weights help you lose weight. Absolutely. Exercise does as well. Um, but I think the main thing is really focusing on the eating. Um, I hate to take medicine anyway. Yeah, I get you. Um, yes, the problem is the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hi, <laughs> Jim, you need to go on tour. I'd love to do that, except I hate to leave my house. <laughs> I know. I, I found out. I was like, oh, man, I really, I, I guess you, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like to go travel around or do stuff different than my routine, it turns out. Because <laughs> we went to quarantine. I was like, oh, shit. It turns out I already lived the quarantine life. Uh, 
Happy Friday. Hey, Dom, what's up? Um, finally at 51 and listening to you, I'll never die again. Eat for health. All right, Don. Yeah, Don. Don is a superstar. She's always listening to this stuff and doing great. Um, what do you think about intuitive eating? Uh, well, okay. I, I think two things. I think, first of all, if you're overweight, uh, don't, don't listen to your intuitions. <laughs> your intuitions are fucking you up now. You know what I mean? Like your intuitions will got you in trouble. So it's important to understand that our intuitions can be good or bad right? Depending on where we're at. And so if you're overweight, your intuitions are not, you shouldn't listen to them right now. Um, you have to retrain your intuitions, right? Um, which is the process, you know, really like that's what you're on the right track though, because like right now I used to have shitty intuitions, you know, my intuitions used to tell me to eat white bread with Jif peanut butter and then cereal with a bunch of sugar on top of it. Um, for breakfast. And then my intuitions told me to eat a muffin croissant or donut after that. And then my intuitions told me to eat a big meatball grinder with some potato chips for lunch. <laughs> then my intuitions told me to eat some cookies after that. Then my intuitions told me to eat a candy bar and some chips and soda uh, in the afternoon. Then my intuitions told me to eat some shitty dinner. And then my intuitions told me to snack all night until I went to bed. You know, so those intuitions weren't good, but I retrained my intuitions, you know, so that, um, and, and that, so we can just, it's linguistically here, just semantics in a sense. But what I talk about a lot of times is reprogramming your subconscious mind. Um, because yes, the intuitions really is, because what does that mean, right? When it's like, oh, intuitions, again, a lot of times people use words where there's not really much context to it. Um, some of the big ones, health. <laughs> it's just this vague concept. Um, being mindful, mindful eating. Which is like, what do you mean by that? Uh, I need to change my lifestyle. What do you mean exactly? Uh, I need to change my mindset. Yeah. What, what do you need to change exactly about your mindset? Uh, I break these all down, by the way. I'll give you, I'll tell you what I mean in one second. Um, but intu intuitive intuitions is another one. Oh, yeah, intuitive. I'm going to listen to my intuitions. Well, what are those exactly? You know? And so what your intuitions really are is your subconscious programming, your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And so I used to have all those other intuitions about how to eat. And now I have intuitions where, um, I wake up and I want to eat healthy breakfast. I want a healthy lunch. I want a healthy dinner. Nothing in between. I don't want to eat after dinner. You know, I want to go to bed early. I want to drink a lot of water. These are all my intuitions now because I reprogrammed them. And that's what my whole program is. So now I can trust my intuitions. My intuitions think of sugar in the ballpark of cocaine, <laughs> thinks of uh, processed foods like cigarettes. <laughs> so my intuitions are a lot different because I've reframed a lot of these things and I've shifted my mindset, right? Um, no, I just want to be clear. I'm not, you know, with sugar, I still eat sugar. I let my kids eat sugar. So here I am. This is a weird place to be. And this speaks to another point that that's unique when it comes to weight loss is that weight loss really is about, I think it's a managed addiction. Okay. It, which makes it very unique in the realm because a lot of addictions, you can just stop eating or stop doing the addictive thing, right? Stop doing drugs, stop doing alcohol, gambling, whatever your addiction is with food. You still got to interface with it, you know? So it makes it unique. And so I think, I call it living in the gray space. You know, you can't be black or white with it, um, which which speaks to it. There's a thing called cognitive dissonance. Like when we hold like, like when I think cocaine's like, or sugar's like cocaine on one hand, and I let my kids eat it sometimes. It's a weird place to exist. You know, it feels weird, but you got to make some peace with that, I think, in order to really master your weight. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's an important piece of this whole process is that you reframe things in a way that's going to support you, but you also have some flexibility in it, you know? Um, but I told you, I'd tell you what I mean. So I think two important things, especially mindset and lifestyle, because I believe there's three pillars to mastering your weight. And I like, I say pillars, but I want to make the shape of a pyramid. The top the, or the bottom level, the biggest, most important one is your mindset. Then there's lifestyle. And then there's eating on top. And, um, it's having 
So in my program, you go through and you fill out these three blueprints. You customize them to yourself, your lifestyle, so that you have specific blueprints that you created, that you follow, that allow you to master your weight, okay? And so the mindset piece, when I say mindset, mindset specifically what I mean is your ability to motivate yourself, your self-image, your identity, how you think about yourself, um, your habits, right? Having a neuroscientific understanding of habits and how to influence them strategically, um, how to influence your emotions, right? We've been conditioned to use food as our number one emotional management strategy, you know? So you need to figure out how to manage your emotions genuinely. That helps you with the emotional leading. Um, how to think like a thin person and how to maintain, you know? What do you think you're gonna start? Your maintenance when you get to your goal weight? <laughs> how about you fucking concentrate on maintaining from day one to day two? What are you, so cocky? You don't have to worry about maintaining from week one to week two? <laughs> month one to month two? You gotta learn how to maintain right on the first day, right? And you gotta get good at it. Um, so those are the six things that I break mindset down into in the program. And the next one's lifestyle. Oh, you got to change my lifestyle. Yeah, well, what do you mean by that? You know what I mean? It's like, I ask this all the time. People give me like one or two things. I got eight things, all right? Um, it's in order of importance too. Sleep, proper sleep, getting the right amount of sleep and the quality of sleep. Um, hydration, the proper hydration levels. Relaxation, proper breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. You get these eight things into your life in some way consistently and everything changes. Okay, in a foundational way, it makes the whole process a lot easier. All right, so it's important that the words you're saying, you've got to give them more meaning and context. That makes the whole process a lot easier. Um, Don says, I put sugar in my coffee a few times a week because we have to have some enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. Again, this, this process I always say is about, it's not just about losing weight. People always make the mistake of just picking some number weight that they want to be at, but it has no real meaning. You know, and you have to understand that whatever goal weight you choose, you're going to have to live a certain lifestyle and eat a certain way in order to achieve that. So if you're picking a weight where you're going to have to like drink water and eat carrots to, to achieve that, that's a shitty quality of life and you're not going to do it for long. So you need to choose the weight that you're willing to live at. You're willing to live this way and eat this way at. And so it's all about having the best quality of life, not just being at some arbitrary weight. And so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, the fastest way, A, first of all, is to get me like to overeat sugar is to say I can never have sugar again. So I still, I eat sugar, but I eat it moderate. I think of sugar and flour like I think of alcohol. And I, I enjoy alcohol, but it needs to be moderated. I have to be careful with it. Same with sugar, same with flour, okay? And so when you start approaching it that way, you get into a place where it feels healthy to me. You know, and again, it's everyone gets to decide. You don't want any sugar, then, then fine, that's your goal. It's not mine. And so I want to be able to eat sugar a bit. I want to eat it moderately and enjoy it when I do in my dream body that I'm, I'm happy with. You know, that's how I think of it. Um, Claudia says down 46 pounds. What do you suggest when you hit a plateau? Um, congratulations, Claudia. That's very impressive. 46 pounds is a lot of weight. So that's great. Um, I will tell you that I think, yeah, when you hit a plateau, I like to frame because you're going to hit plateaus no matter what. That's just natural. Okay. And when you hit a plateau, it's an opportunity to practice maintenance, you know? Um, and it's an opportunity to start. See, see, here's the thing. And I'll tell you this now, cause I don't want you to put the weight back on, but what happens for a lot of people is there's the pleasure of the food that they get and they trade that pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the scale going down. Okay. And so I, I see this over and again, you will probably believe this is possible. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, right? And so all those conversations, these people have always lost weight at some point. And I say, okay, we lost the weight. What happened then? Why'd you put it back on? And I always get some version of, well, I didn't feel like myself. So it's, it's normal. And I don't know if you're, I'm just going to say this because this is almost always people get this. As you start approaching your goal weight, a lot of times people start feeling an anxiety because 
now they're like, well, what do I do now? You have to understand, you're so fixated on losing weight. You're always saying, I just want to lose the weight. 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 Right? You're not saying, I want to live at my goal weight. I want to live at my goal weight. I want to live at my goal weight. They're two totally different things. And so once you stop losing weight, you get to that goal. Like, what are you going to say to yourself? It, it, there's a vacuum there. And it's weird because you're not prepared. You know? So again, it's about being the person we want to be in my program, right? It's about who do you want to be? So we take the weight, we, we take our weight loss and wrap it in personal development. So right from the beginning, the process isn't about losing weight. It's about becoming the person you want to be and you being at a certain weight is just a part of that. So that when we hit plateaus, when we hit our goal weight, it's not like, oh shit, now I, now I got to go into what, maintenance mode? Because I always ask, people lose weight. I say, well, what are you going to do once you lose the weight? I'm fucking, I'll figure it out then. Don't be a buzzkill. Leave me alone. Okay. <laughs> and then because I see 95% of people that lose weight, put it back on. So, I mean, shouldn't we think about that ahead of time? Okay. So I'm not trying to bum you out, Claudia, but I, we got to face it head on. Okay. So when you get to a plateau, um, well, why is that happening? You know, first is like a lot of times people subconsciously sabotage themselves as they get close to their goal weight because they start getting anxious. I had a person in my program, they got half a pound under their lowest weight they've been in 30 years and they said, I'm freaking out. Do you know what I mean? So, so I say this to you so you can address it because a lot of people never address it and they just put the weight back and they never know why. So I want to point out one of the common reasons why, you know, but when you get into plateau, um, what are the reasons? Have you started getting a little sloppy with your eating? Are you still as good with it? Um, but you just hit a plateau all of a sudden that can happen. Sometimes your body's just kind of regulating with it. There's just so many different factors that can affect it. But again, I always say you want to focus on the process. Are you as clean as you normally were? And if not, you get back to that. Um, and if you just kind of hit a plateau, you know, you, you sit with it for a little bit and then you start asking, what else am I willing to kind of cut out to get kick it's kickstarted again? You know? Um, yeah. So I need to write down what you just said. So important. Yeah. I would suggest you write that stuff down. <laughs> uh, bingo is personal. How do I stop my bulimia? Um, I, I'm not, I, I don't work with eating disorders, you know? And so I always feel bad. Um, I, I hate that my, because I talk about being thin, you know, because I'm reclaiming the word, you know, like, like I understand there's eating disorder and there's the negative stuff at thin. I get that. But we live in a society where 75% of the people are overweight or obese. So I'm reclaiming the word thin, thin and healthy. Okay. So I think I'll, I'll throw you some ideas and I want you to understand, um, is dumbbell workouts good for weight loss? Yeah, sure. I mean, listen, if you gain some muscle, it starts to increase your, your base metabolic rate and it starts to burn more calories throughout the day. It's minimal though. Um, but it can make you feel stronger, make you feel good. And that's helpful. It, it, a lot of, it, it comes down to what you're eating though. Okay. Remember that the main thing that affects your weight loss is what you're eating. Um, back to the bulimia. I I'm not an expert at this. So, so take what I'm going to say with a grain of salt. Cause I, I don't have any experience working with eating disorders. Um, what I intuitively think sometimes though, um, in my experience on TikTok is my first experience with eating disorders ever. I just never do. I always deal with people that are overweight. They're struggling to lose it. So that's my paradigm. And so it bums me out that sometimes people can take my work that's meant for people that help lose weight that are obese or really struggling in, in health situations and want to lose the weight, um, that people use that, you know, and it, 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 it hurts their eating disorder stuff, you know, so that, that bums me out. Um, but what I will say is that eating disorder stuff, I think where one similarity is, is that the number on the scale is not going to make you happy. You know, weight is like money in the sense that it's a means to an end. And it's the process you use to achieve it that's the more important piece. It's not it's not the weight, it's not the money you have, right? You can have a bunch of money, but it's like if you make that money by robbing elderly people, that, that's not a good quality of life, right? And so if you're throwing up food or starving yourself in order to get to a certain number on a scale, 
that's not a good quality of life. It doesn't feel good, you know? And a lot of times the motivations behind that I've found is like self-punishment. You know, you, you feel like you punish yourself in this way you do it. Um, there's a lot of like negative um, motivations behind it, you know? And so it's the same thing with people want to lose weight. A lot of times they give that number so much meaning. So we need to realize that the weight is just one part of the process. And let me reframe it a different way. That instead of just saying, I want to be X amount of pounds, I'd start saying, who is the best version of you? You know, so I, I'm not sure what your name is, but Crim75. So whatever your name is, who is the best version of you? And I'm going to say, if you ask that question, it's probably not the you that's bulimic. You know what I mean? Like there's probably a better, healthier version of yourself where you're happier, feeling more successful, balanced, and just a better quality of life. You know, so I'm, I'm going to assume that. And so if that's true, if, if overcoming that and, and leaving the bulimia behind in your life and becoming a version of yourself that doesn't need to do that anymore, what is that version of you? And so I would say that that would be my first step in maybe addressing that. And again, I, I don't have any experience with that. So I'm just I'm throwing you something that I think could help. Maybe it won't. You know what I mean? But but it's, it's where I would start is because I think this idea that you're fixated on a number everything doesn't get better. You get a number. You got to understand that folks, right? Just because the scale says a number doesn't mean everything's instantly great. Right. If, if you're, if you're being bulimic and you're, you're really into that or you're really anorexic and you're really sick and you look at that number on the scale, like you don't feel great. You know what I mean? Maybe you do. I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's in one way. It's not a holistic, great quality of life. Most likely, you know, so uh, I'm going to throw that out there. What's a good body fat percentage for women? Um, you know, listen, I, I would never tell you what that is. I think it's up to each person to individually decide what is right for them. You know, I think it's not a bad idea to reference the BMI chart. I think that's a good place to kind of ground yourself in, you know. Um, but even with the BMI chart, you can be over that by, you know, you can be into the next range and still be really healthy. You know what I mean? You could be what's technically it says overweight and still be very healthy. Okay, they, they've proven that. So it really comes down to a, a you know, where are you the happiest at? And again, taking both things into account, because um, you got to balance it out. Again, your your body fat doesn't live in a vacuum. So just because oh my body fat's, because I'm I'll tell you I'll tell you what I mean. I had a um, a program yourself then coach who I certified, who was a competitive bodybuilder, and so when she was competing, get ready for um you know a, a tournament there or whatever you call them competition, uh, she would be in single digit body fats, which is really low for a woman. And so I said, what was it like then? I'm like, did you feel like oh, I'm perfect? She goes, nope. She goes, I felt more critical than ever. You know, I just, I, I get zoomed in on just, again, it, it can never end. You know what I mean? There's always something we can look at and say, oh, it's not good enough, you know? So um, again, it, it's about articulating the goal in more than just numbers, you know, realizing that there's more context to what the goal is and seeing that bigger picture, right? So when you, when you decide what the body fat percentage for you is, that would make you the happiest. And part of it's what that number is, how you look and, and the effects of it, and then how you want to live. It's taking both into account. Where do you get the most return on investment for your investment of time and energy and eating and way of living with the results that you're going to get where you want to be? You know, so I hope that helps. Um, all right, everyone, I got to get out of here. If you don't, if you haven't done this yet, go to my bio, click that link and get that hypnosis session I give you. Okay, it's a free hypnosis session. Um, if you've never done hypnosis or even if you have, go listen to this because it's a good session uh, and it'll help really motivate you. Um, after you opt in there, there's also a training I give you, three steps to master your weight. Watch that. If you if you have any real intention of you know changing your weight, go watch that training, okay? Because it'll really help you think about the whole process differently. 
Um, then you go to my YouTube channel, it's Jim Katsoulis. I actually have another TikTok channel too, which is Jim Katsoulis, which is more just hypnosis, um, general hypnosis and mindset stuff. And um, the podcast is Program Yourself then on all the main podcast channels. So go go uh, listen to that and then like it. Give it some, give it some good ratings and everything. Uh, and I got a bunch of new videos coming out. I don't think I'm gonna get to them tonight now, but I'll get them this weekend. I got some good videos coming out. Sorry, everyone. Thank you so much. Have a great day and I wish you all the best. Bye.